0: You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton. And today we are talking about... So you think you have problems with your staff. All right. This is a huge topic. It's one that gets brought up a whole bunch. Before we get into it, please head over to NG Cheer and Gymnastics Owners on Facebook. If you are an owner of your gym, request access to that Facebook group and make sure you answer the membership questions. That's going to get you approved a lot faster than if you don't answer those membership questions, uh, it's much more likely that we will have to message you and ask questions to confirm that you are actually your gym owner. So make sure you head over and do that. If you are not a gym owner, you can always join our All-Star Cheer Coaches Facebook group where we discuss just general cheerleading And head over to our website at nextgenowners.com, where you can sign up for our blog, where we put out all sorts of free information. You also can learn more about joining the Academy on our website as well. And if you love this episode, or you think there is another owner that needs to hear this episode and learn from it, then please, please, please share it with them. Let them know that it's out there, and they may get some answers, and they'll hear some of my thoughts on so you think you have a problem with your staff. So one of the biggest challenges owners bring to me is a challenge with staff. And we, first off, anyone uh, who tells you that they don't have staff problems, that like their staffing situation is just absolutely perfect, um, those people are lying to you. They're they're just not telling you the truth because everyone has some sort of staff problems. It's just an inevitability. Um, there will always be these issues. You're never going to be able to completely avoid it. And so in today's episode, we're going to dive into three things you need to be looking at in regard to staff problems and what you should do about those problems if they exist. So I mentioned everyone has staff problems. Well, I will tell you all, I have had some doozies for staff members. Like, I think I have honestly, I've seen just about all of it in my time as an owner. I have had screaming matches with staff members where they were yelling F you at me and I was screaming right back at them all over. I think that that argument was over a binder. Um, and it being put together incorrectly. I've had knockdown drag out fights with staff about what was going into a routine. I've had staff storm out of the gym and, you know, just leave a practice in the middle of a gym or in a, in the middle of a practice. I've had staff members uh, do shady things with private lessons and money, and I've even had a staff member embezzle a whole lot of money, like felony level money, pressed charges. Uh, against this staff member for embezzling money from the company uh, because they were the ones who ran payroll and they were paying themselves a bunch of extra money. So I have dealt with so much. In fact, even when I came to the gym that I now own, when I came there as an employee, they were embroiled in having one of their staff members who had just been arrested by the FBI for inappropriate contact with an athlete on an airplane. So I I've seen so much. Um I wish I could say I never had any of those things happen in my business, but I have. I I have had those things happen. I have I've avoided the the inappropriate touching. Um and a lot of the stories that I'm referencing all happened within the first 4 years of owning my business. Uh 4 to 5. Uh they haven't been that way in the past 5-6 years. Um It's just been much calmer. And the staff issues I have are different, but I still have them. I still have challenges. I just had to have a tough conversation with one of my staff members the other day. And he was being, in my opinion, not as reasonable as I would have liked him to be. He wasn't really seeing things from my perspective. We eventually got to an answer and we had that challenging conversation, but he was pretty unhappy with me at first. And so I've, I've been there. And because I've experienced this, all of these challenges, I think it makes me more compassionate to owners who are struggling through this. But at the same time, it makes me more impatient with individuals struggling with staff because. It's really easy for me to sit back with my past experiences and say, look, just do this, just fire them, or just write them up, or just do this thing. And it's really easy for me to sit back and say that. It's not as easy for the person who's inside it and living in it to do that thing. Uh, And I know because I've been there. I've been that person who was really struggling to make that decision. And it can be really challenging. And there isn't a direct correlation, but in my you know previous life not very long ago as a police officer you know i responded to countless situations of domestic violence and domestic abuse and one of the things that you learn early on is you can never force someone to leave that situation you can give them information you can give them advice you can give them the best practices, and you can even make arrests when it's legally allowable, but you can never force that person to truly leave. The only time people are going to leave those scenarios is when they make that decision themselves and they realize that that's the right direction for them to go and and it's their choice. And it is not a direct correlation. Like A staff member and employer relationship is not the same, but I see some similar behaviors in owners not being able to get out of that relationship uh, that they're in with their staff member because of a dependency, because of a perceived need, and they end up uh, struggling to make that decision. And I've been there. I have had employees that I have terminated, that I've let go, that I have not continued uh, to employ. And I have let things go probably about three, sometimes eight months longer because I just couldn't convince myself to pull the trigger. I would always talk myself out of it. So we're going to talk about three really important things as you try to deal with staff issues. Some of these things are going to help head issues off in the future, and some of them are just going to help you if you're in that moment. So number one, is the problem the employee or is the problem Uh, a lack of clear expectations? Number two, does the employee want to change or does it require you to change? And number three, can you really not survive without this person? All right, so number one, is the problem the employee or is it a lack of clear expectations? Now, this is one of the critical things you have to answer. Is it the employee who's the problem? Are they really the issue or do they not know what... Doing it right looks like? Has that been clearly communicated to them? And this was something that early on I didn't quite understand as a business owner. I just expected people to know because that's how I came up in the cheer industry. It was just, I just kind of knew what to do. I was, you could argue, a pseudo natural at it. And I was given a lot of freedom and I made a ton of mistakes and my owner had my back and I just, I learned from those mistakes as things went on. But we were all learning it in in the process. Well, now I'm not learning it. I know how I want things to be. But if I if I know in my head how I want things to be, but I haven't communicated to my employee and clearly written down and documented and given them a performance agreement of what their expectations are, then how can I truly expect that person to execute at the level that I'm wanting them to execute on? It's really, really challenging. So I have to make sure that In my initial hiring, I'm vetting people appropriately. Literally, as I'm recording this, Tori is at the gym doing an employment interview with someone. So, you have to make sure that your interview questions and your interview process and your initial onboarding is going to potentially sort people out who aren't the right fit. So, make sure that you're asking the right questions. Make sure that you're calling references. Make sure that you're doing all of those things to do your due diligence to ensure that you're hiring the right people. And then from there, onboard them, right? Check and see that they are learning and understanding how things work in your facility. The biggest challenge. Owners oftentimes encounter is not an inability to coach a skill, but it's an inability to be a good employee an inability to show up on time or clock in regularly or log hours correctly or do their cleanup chores and put mats away and all those things. It's the the little things that pile up on owners and it's far less often that owners are like this person, you know. Pushed a kid in class, or screamed at a kid and told them they were worthless, and sent them out of a class. Most owners are like, "Well, that's a no brainer. You're fired." Um, but it's the other ones where it's offenses against us as the employer that we tend to be a lot more accepting of. We'll jump to the defense of our athletes or of our of our um, kids um, of our cell, of our but of ourselves of our gym. We're going to be a lot less likely to immediately jump to our defense. We're going to kind of excuse things away. And I know that this one is me starting out with, well, should you be excusing it away? Is this a problem of the employee or is this a problem of leadership? And I see a lot of times where it's a problem of leadership. It's a problem of clear and consistent communication. So if you have a director that this employee reports to, is is that director empowered to manage their employee and are they actively managing their employee? Are they having regular meetings with their staff? Are they collaborating? Are they working together? Are they building the environment you want? Or do you have directors but they don't have any power because you still retain it all as the owner and now people circumvent that employee to go to you so that employee doesn't feel empowered and they don't really know where their lane is and now they're lost and so you're frustrated because you feel like they're not doing enough to take things off your plate, but at the same time, you're not setting themselves up for success and saying, well, did you go and talk to so-and-so, the all-star director first before you brought this to my attention? So those are some of the the initial things you need to look at is it a problem with the employee or is it a problem with your systems with your training with your clear communication of expectations and if it is a problem with your clear communications of expectations and the systems and the performance agreements and all those things then that's a really easy fix you make those things and you create them now the problem becomes is if you create them Is the employee now going to get in line? And this is the question number two that we have to answer, which is, does the employee want to change or does it require you to change? Now, are there circumstances where you might need to change your behavior? Yes, there are. Okay, that may require that you go from a micromanaging perspective to just managing your employee and training them and then giving them freedom and autonomy, which is one of the principles of leadership we want to... Uh, You know, we want to have decentralized command uh, that we want to support. We want to reinforce those things. So does the employee want to change or do you need to change? So if the employee doesn't want to change, so you go, all right, this is a problem with me. I haven't clearly communicated expectations. So I'm going to write down these expectations. We're going to have a meeting. These are the expectations. This is the way things are going to work in this facility. And the employee goes, I'm not going to do that. Or they go, okay, and then they go and don't do those things deliberately. Well, now they're demonstrating a lack of willingness to change. And in those circumstances, you're probably not going to convince them to change. They are going to continue to buck the system and not do what they are supposed to do because they don't see the recourse. They don't see any reason uh, why they shouldn't do what they want to do. So you have to make sure that that employee is actually willing to make the change uh, before you go to all this effort of, okay, well, should I also change? The main things I think you as an owner might need to change on are if you're a micromanager, or if your thing you need to change is clearly communicating expectations and making setting people up to accomplish the tasks that you want them to accomplish. Those are two things that as an owner, if you're not doing them well, you do need to start doing them well. It's going to make your life easier and it's going to mitigate some of those staff problems that you're getting so frustrated with. But if the employee is unwilling to make a change, you've tried, you've tried, you've told them, hey, I need you to wear your staff clothes and they continue to not do it. Um, you know, We had one employee that we did end up firing where... I, and I'm this is gonna seem really stupid, but the rule was is that our our manager at the time, we had a we had a gym manager, and her rule was that backpacks were not allowed in the gym. We have a big staff room, so the rule was backpacks need to be in the staff room, not out in the gym because it makes the gym just look kind of messy when you have nine staff working and they all have their backpacks strewn about. And so that was her rule. And this employee would deliberately, take their backpack into the gym, deliberately not follow the rule. They would circumvent the staff room. They'd say, oh, I don't ever want to go in there. I don't like it in there. And so therefore, that means I get to have my backpack out in the gym. And they would butt heads over it. They would butt heads over it. And lo and behold, he ended up being a really long-time problematic employee for us. He never wanted to follow the rules. He never wanted to follow the systems. He always wanted to do things his own way. And that was clearly indicated by the backpack like that was a good sign of this person is not willing to make change they're only willing to do things that they agree with and if they don't agree with those things then they will not do them and that from an ownership perspective is a huge red flag that leads us to sh- termination we should be getting rid of this person and setting ourselves up for success which takes us to the number three question. And the most important thing I hear owners bring up is, well, I can't survive without them. If I let them go, I'm going to be hosed. I'm not going to be able to cover the 16 classes that they cover, or we just can't live without them. Parents will be so angry, or kids are going to leave, or it's going to be the worst thing ever. And so the question you have to ask is, can, can you really not? Like, is that actually true? Can you truly not survive without this employee? Now, I have some employees that are absolutely mission essential in my gym. They would probably be my, my two most important employees uh, would be my front desk staff. And that's really three. Uh, my, my front of house like manager who manages all of our rec registrations, and then my two front desk employees. Those are probably the two most important people that I do not want to live without because they make my life so much easier. They take so much off of my plate. From there, the coaches, it's like, I don't want to lose any of you, but can I survive without you Yes. Would that mean I'd be working a lot more hours? Yes, it would, at least in the short term. But then is the question, is there someone else that can step up? Is there someone else that can come into this situation and rise to the occasion and be given an opportunity to show that they have the capabilities to do what this previous employee was doing and better? And you'd be shocked at how many times you're going to see people step up and do that. Every single time we've had this happen, our staff has risen to the occasion rather than crumble from it because they like to see these problems go away. It actually shows and gives you credibility as an employer. So when you're assessing this, can you not survive without this person? I would argue that the answer a lot of the times is, yeah, you can. You can survive without them. You believe you can't, but... Just because you believe it doesn't make it true. It just makes it what you believe. So really look at that in detail. And even if they coach 20 hours in your gym, well, how many of those hours do they have a second coach? How many of those hours are other coaches available? Would this allow you to pay other coaches more money so they would be able to fully invest in your program a little bit more because you're paying this person extra? Or if they're a coach that only coaches a couple hours a week, man, if you're pulling your hair out and looking like me being all bald because you have employees that are only working for you a couple hours a week, that's a problem. That is like the easiest person to just let go. Now, if you're worried about kids leaving, I will tell you that in my experience, that doesn't really happen very often unless that coach is allowed to, they like leave and they open another gym down the street, you may see some kids leave. But for the most part, I don't see this happen very often. And I've had coaches leave and go to the gym down the street and start coaching, but people are only going there for private lessons. They're not leaving for teams and those kind of things. So, um, and most of the time when they're going to the gym down the street for private lessons, that gym doesn't do private lessons the way I do. So it's not bringing any revenue to that gym. Is it a loss? Yes. Do I want that person going over there? No. But is it worth retaining this employee that is a major problem for my business? No, it's not. It's much better to just move on, and be like Elsa and let it go. So if you're struggling with staff, I want you to know that you're not alone. Every owner, even if the world seems absolutely perfect, has had their struggles. If you need advice or help, I want you to reach out to me, reach out to a fellow gym owner you respect or trust, anyone who can help give you some advice, give you some guidance, look at things from an outside perspective and give you a fair and honest opinion that is going to lead you in the right direction the direction to make the the best decision for yourself staffing is a real challenge guys like I, it's it's no joke i talk about this with a lot of my clients in fact i have i would be willing to bet that half of my clients right now think I'm talking directly about them because that's how many people talk to me about staffing challenges. It is not uncommon. You are not alone. Uh, it's always fun after episodes because I'll have people like message me and be like, oh, you totally, uh, you, you called me out or uh, you were talking about me. I know you were. And sometimes they're right. Sometimes they are right. And sometimes they're wrong that, that they weren't the person in my mind when we were talking about staffing challenges. I would tell you that The vast majority of people I talk to, whether they're my coaching clients or they're my friends, right? Even just my friends who are not coaching clients of next gen who come and talk to me, they're talking about staffing challenges and the things that are going on in their gym in relation to their staff. It's a challenge. And 50% of the time, the issue really is an issue with the owner, whether that is hiring or training or onboarding or not handling issues as they arise right away and letting things fester. That is an owner-based issue. And I would say 50% of the time, that's the problem. So if you can fix that problem, you're a lot more likely to hire the right people and retain them longer doing the things you need them to do. The other 20% of the time, I would actually say it's an issue relating back to the industry standard air quotes uh, and what the coach thinks is the way things should be running because they believe that's the way the industry runs it and therefore that is right And that creates issues for owners, especially owners who are trying to dial in their business practices and do things the right way. And there becomes kind of a a frustration and a a friction there uh, with that employee because they want it to be that industry standard. And the answer there is education. You've got to educate the employee of why you're doing those things that you're doing what is the reasoning behind it? Why? How does this benefit them? How does this benefit the gym? How does it benefit everyone as a whole, even though it might not be the perfect world for them alone? And then the other 30% of the time, which is a pretty high percentage, the issue is with the staff member, and you're not going to be able to fix it. There are a lot of people out there who are stubborn, who you're not going to be able to change. You are not your employee's parents. Yes, you want to raise them and educate them and train them. And a lot of us have employees who were previously athletes in our program. So we care for them and we have that bond with them and that that investment in them as human beings, but you're not their parents. And if they're not going to be a good employee and they're not willing to make the changes, then you need to make the change for them and remove them from your program. As you leave this episode, I want you to, I want you to, assess your staffing problems if you have them. And I want you to look at them through this lens. Is it a staff problem or is it a you problem? And then define if you can fix it, is this staff member willing to make a change? And if they are not willing to make a change, then you need to assess, can you live without them? And if you can't live without them right now, you need to start the necessary movement so you can live without them in the future. So you can move on from your dependency on this employee. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, reach out to me if you need anything. You can send me an email at dan at nextgenowners.com. You can find me on Facebook at Dan Cotton. uh, And I'm there. I'm here. Reach out. Uh, I I am here for you. Uh, If you're looking for another great cheer podcast, check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. Absolutely great content. Uh, You got to give it a listen. Great guy. Great content. Phenomenal stuff. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.